Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Carrot Out Sleep Show. You are listening to your host, Kerry Secker, and today I am going to be talking to Sophie Harris. Sophie is a pregnancy postpartum psychotherapist and I am really excited to talk to her today. Hey Sophie, how are you doing? Hi Kerry, nice to speak to you. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. I know everybody's time is so precious, so always appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Do you want to start off by introducing yourself and telling us what you do and how you do it? Okay, so I run my private practice, private therapy practice, looking after mum, and I work with pregnant and new mums to help with all of that anxiety, mood, trauma-related stuff that comes up in early motherhood. Um, I'm really passionate about normalising the difficult times and not seeing it as something like that other people get, that it's something that is a part of having such a huge adjustment in life mm-hmm. and then giving ways to help people feel better. And also just to mention my own personal experience as well, I have had so many mental health difficulties. So that really informs the way that I help my clients and my audience. Yeah, I absolutely love your page, Sophie, just in case you missed it. And I'll link this in your show notes afterwards. But it's looking after mum. I found you just how on the old good old Instagram algorithm, just had a new baby, searching for the time about all of the things that we're going to talk about in a second and your page came up and I just loved it I love that you are passionate about normalizing difficult times I think especially with Instagram it's often very curated and just talking about all the amazing side of motherhood but I think there needs to be balance in that as well and I'm always here for honest conversations and I personally just want to say thank you Sophie because your Instagram account really helped me in that first year of um, becoming a parent oh that's really lovely feedback thank you so much and just it's so important as well as celebrating all of the beautiful parts of motherhood but to make space for all of those difficulties too so I'm glad that my page is helping with that yeah no definitely I've shared I've consumed so much of it myself shared shared it with my husband shared it with other people so so helpful so so helpful just what new parents need to hear thank sure. you for sure Let's talk about, so let's focus around, you um, You were talking about the anxiety in the first year of motherhood. It is very anxious inducing, isn't it? It's normal to get anxiety in the first year. Absolutely. So I'm not a big fan of these terms like postpartum anxiety, postnatal depression. I use them because people know what they mean. But I see the, the let's just take anxiety for the moment, but it's a product of going through one of the biggest adjustments you'll probably ever make in your life. Of course, there's going to be the difficult times before it gets good and easy. And 
if we take anxiety specifically, you are suddenly responsible for caring for another human being who you love dearly. Of course, it's going to make you more anxious. That's totally normal. And also with that, I would argue in our society, we are just absolutely bombarded with so much information, all Mm -hmm. of the that can go wrong at every point. We're kind of put into this frame of mind that we've got to be so careful all the time, you know, and so no wonder mums feel anxious. Like it's, yeah, it's totally understandable. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, I I feel really sorry for new mums today because there is so much pressure and so much information out there. It can be really hard to kind of go through, just go through everything. Um, it's really hard, and I I'm always honest about things. I definitely struggled with anxiety. I still do. Um, anxiety. Um much of my adult life but it's especially becoming a parent intrusive thoughts worrying everything feels worse as well when you're tired and you're sleep deprived for sure do you have any practical tips on how to deal with the anxiety when it comes okay so thinking practically anxiety just knowing that anxiety is a normal human emotion it's not dangerous that can really help sometimes anxiety can make us feel panicky it can get confused with danger which is not the case um I would say particularly in those early months but this goes on into all all of early motherhood but if we think of our nervous systems they're likely to be very dysregulated so that means we're likely to be operating in fight or flight mode like the sense of danger often when we've been through birth and in our society where we don't have that much support to look after our babies we're going into this tiredness and just often lack of support so it's likely that your nervous system is going to be quite dysregulated and making you feel more on edge so very simple baseline strategies would be just gentle movement trying to get in nature each day having some time like if you can book in for a massage or something like that or even self-massage or you know maybe a partner like kind of just spending time relaxing finding pockets of time either things that can be done while your baby's around or not where you can just find ways to relax and just try to kind of calm some of that built-in stress yeah it's very hard I found it very hard to relax as a new mum I felt like I was always having there was always something that needed doing and if there wasn't something needed doing my baby needed me and so I think that can be really helpful any tips on how to if you feel that anxiety coming on or you're feeling really anxious any tips for dealing with that yeah so again so practical strategies like trying to notice that you're about to go into that doom cycle of anxiety and taking some control of that learning what you need at the moment sometimes I literally have a walk which I do around the block and it takes me five minutes but sometimes that's enough just to come back into myself so that I don't fall down that negative pattern of anxiety um often I think being able to separate ourselves from our anxious thoughts and just simply rather than 
I, you know, I'm worried that saying, I don't know, there's something wrong with my baby. Let's say that's our anxious thought. And then it's just even being able to separate yourself enough and be like, okay, I'm thinking that something's wrong with my baby. And just notice that these anxious thoughts are coming up for you. You know, there's simple questions that you could use, like, what would you say to a friend who is in this situation? Like, how would you feel about this if you weren't feeling anxious right now? Um, yeah, gaining different perspectives on that anxiety. Yeah, I love that. Just getting out and going for a walk to try and reset yourself. And I, I don't, maybe it was on your. I think it probably was your page where you said just talking about that anxiety out loud, like labeling it and saying it out loud. It really does help. Yeah, definitely. So I find talking out, saying things out loud can be really helpful because often anxiety keeps us in our heads. Mm-hmm. we circulate all of these anxious thoughts and trust me I've been there so many times but then um, just like literally saying to yourself I'm feeling anxious or irritated or whatever it is right now I can feel that label where you can feel it in your body like I can feel a tightness in my chest I can feel butterflies in my stomach whatever it is that also can help bring you back into your body be conscious of what's happening and just like like almost narrating yourself through it like I feel unsafe right now however I am safe like this feels really hard however I am okay like kind of soothing yourself like you might do to somebody else or that you might do to your baby or toddler yeah no I absolutely love that do you think it's because by commentating and getting it out there that it I love what you say that it takes it out of your head but also permission to feel it maybe yeah, I think so. And just, I've, I'd i say a lot of our troubles is not just the initial anxious or angry or, you know, negative emotion, but it's the way that we judge ourselves for having it. We feel so guilty. We feel ashamed. I shouldn't be having these thoughts. Whereas actually these more difficult emotions are such a normal part of human existence. And if we can just allow ourselves, like you say, give permission, I think that really changes things. Yeah makes makes total sense I love that just normalizing it bringing it into light and yeah I love that you mentioned the anxious thoughts before uh, is this common in motherhood yes um so anxious thoughts so let's say it's quite a broad term but we there's typical themes that we might get anxious around often around the safety of our babies and yeah. in those early days like come on like we're getting used to caring for something that we've never cared for before and I think yeah that's super common and um, worried about our own safety or mortality almost like thinking about um what would happen to me if something if something went wrong like your kind of your place in the world is changing when you become mm. a there's so much adjustment to be made. Um, and then these, like you mentioned before, these intrusive thoughts, which are just super common as a new parent, um, but often yeah, cause mums a lot of shame or just so much anxiety that they're having these intrusive, scary thoughts popping up in their head. Yeah, I definitely felt intru- things that I would never even think about before. <laughs> coming before becoming a mum I think a couple of weeks ago it was the first time that I'd ever left Betsy with a babysitter and we went to a gig 
and before I went, I, I wasn't worried about the actual physical act of leaving her because I knew she would absolutely be fine. I trusted my friend who was looking after her. And if the worst came to the worst sleep-wise, she would just stay up until we came home. We're definitely not um, out late in the evening anymore. But all day I had these really intrusive and irrational thoughts like, what happens if something happens to both me and my husband and she's left on her own? What happens if the, something happens on the train between the two stops that were going just down the road to the gig? It was, I'd never had those, wouldn't have even thought of those things before. So that's quite normal to have thoughts like that. Yeah, absolutely normal. And I think sometimes in this moment, it can be helpful to, again, label it. And I always think of ourselves being in parts. It's like that part of you which was the caretaker part of you, the part of you that wants to keep you safe, the part of you that is worrying and making sure everything's okay. And that's not the only part of you that's live at that moment, because I'm sure there was that part of you that was excited to be out the house and, you know, enjoy oh, yeah. time away <laughs> and all of that. But just kind of almost just to acknowledge that there's that part of you that is wanting to keep you safe that is making you feel anxious right now and that's okay and that doesn't mean that there's anything you know that train's no more likely to crash because you're having those anxious thoughts it's just a natural part of like being away from your baby for the first few times yeah it's so hard and you are completely right Sophie there was excitement and once I'd actually got out of the house it was it really liberating to have a dance and go out tiring, but I'm, I'm I'm glad I did it. And actually, once I was actually out, the thought actually stopped. It was yeah. strange. It was just that build up to it. Yeah, it did. And I think when we can see those thoughts as just a totally normal part of any any experience like that, and not judge them, not be like, oh, why am I having that? Oh, what does it mean that I'm having them? Like rationalizing them, and just see it as like of course I'm feeling some anxious thoughts, I'm going away from my child. And that's when they feel easier to manage and just become part of the experience and not as intense. Yeah, I love that. Lots of mums, I get questions around crying. Um, I guess it goes hand in hand with sleep. sleep, um, sleep. I'm not a sleep trainer, but sleep training, mm. the tear talk comes up a lot and how crying... I've experienced it myself where the crying, your crying baby can make you so anxious and you just go into like a freeze mode almost. Yeah. It can be so hard. Or you get re- I get really snappy if it gets to a certain level. I literally can't concentrate on anything else. Is this, I, I, I do dislike the word normal in a sense because I don't know whether we're all really different, but I'm going to, I'm going to use it. Is that normal to feel like that when your baby cries? And is there anything, is it normal? Why does that happen when they cry? And is there anything we can do to help keep us calm um, when they're crying? Yes. So I use, because the word normal comes up a lot, but like you say, it's a bit of a difficult word, isn't it? I, so hard. <laughs> it's very common as the word that I try to use, but then I do go for the normal. But it's so common to feel triggered when your baby's crying. And often when we're so dysregulated anyway, like I mentioned about our nervous systems feeling dysregulated, it only takes our babies to cry, to really put us out of our tolerance and feel you know take us to those either really big negative like kind of loud anxious angry emotions or sometimes that really flat like I just can't even deal with this anymore and I would say with babies crying mothers 
often say how you it's like so much louder to you than maybe even your partner or other people it's like an alarm that goes off in your brain when your baby's crying and I I think that's just part of a biological wiring as well if you know that connection between you and your baby sometimes I work with a lot of mums who've been through traumatic births or um, pregnancy or the period afterwards. Sometimes that crying can represent going back to these difficult experiences and can really act as a cue for that in certain cases. I would say in terms of uh, what you can do to help regulate yourself when your baby's crying, just it's kind of obvious annoyingly obvious to point this one out but going into deep breathing and taking those deep belly breaths in through your nose into your belly and out through your mouth it will be highly likely that when you're feeling anxious and this panic alarm's going off that you're going into fight or flight mode your breathing's really shallow and so there's something about bringing oxygen back to your body reminding yourself that you're safe um I often go for the narrating again of like okay, this feels really hard right now. I'm feeling a burning in my chest. I'm feeling like I want to cry. I'm feeling like I want to scream. I want to shout, whatever it is. Um, However, I don't want to do this. This is hard for my baby. This is hard for me. This will pass. Yeah, and just if you, you know, there's always those times where actually we just can't take anymore. And if anyone can take over, there is, you know, just have that support. We're not meant to raise babies alone mums always feel so guilty that they when they need support from someone else even though we're yeah. like one of the few societies in the world who thinks that's normal to raise a baby on your own yeah um, just take that space if you can or you know go scream into a pillow like kind of expel some of that energy and anger or whatever it is that's built up in a safe way like away from your baby if you need to yeah I think that's great advice lots to unpick here I love that you say it's annoyingly obvious but sometimes we all I say that basic things can make a big difference and sometimes it really is those annoyingly obvious things that can be so helpful that we all need reminding of of those things from time to time I also love that you called it an alarm I, I I work with obviously sleep deprived parents and a lot we talk a lot at at night about how crying at night time and how that crying sounds to them at night time I think it changes from there is a difference to how your baby sounds during the day and at night time and I actually call it the sleep siren at night time it sounds just like that that it's an alarm and we go straight into that reactive mode because it's so normal as you say it's part of that instinctive system that we've got safe it's meant to sound like it's an alarm like it's a siren to make sure that we respond to them otherwise that crying would be easy to ignore and then that's risking their safety so I love that you mentioned that and I love that you mentioned that crying sounds louder to us because I definitely think it does and I talk about this a lot when we are there you're sleeping in a um, like for example you go and stay in someone else's house or you go on holiday and you're worried that your baby's cries at night time is going to wake everybody or that it's going to disturb a sibling or if you're on a plane and everybody's looking at you because your baby's crying or when you're even just going out to the park or walking around getting going on with your everyday life you think that everybody's looking at you because to you that cry sounds so loud and so piercing and sometimes it is I'm definitely not saying it isn't at times 
but chances are it is not as loud as you think it is to everybody else I don't know if that's reassuring to hear or not but yeah I noticed that when my daughter was a baby when she cried it sounded like the loudest thing ever and now when I hear newborn babies I'm like is that it like (laughs) it's like it's and it is I think reassuring and I try and remind my clients of that as well that yeah there are times that it's really loud, but the large majority of the time it won't be as loud as what you think it is. Like yeah. in a public place, feeling self-conscious. Like yeah, saying. yeah. You meant, and again, that hot that when your baby cries in public, that's so different to crying at home. I think as well. I know that I definitely can get caught up in what I call outside parenting, like that whole. But I definitely don't believe in the good. All babies are good. I do not believe there are good or bad babies, but I can definitely get caught up in that narrative that my baby's crying. They should only have good emotions outside. It's, it's, oh, motherhood is boggling. It's wild, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think sometimes we think that other people are judging us really negatively. And this is a bit of a confusing one because I think there is a weird judgment culture in motherhood and there is a very live thing going on where there is a sense of judgment but saying that nine times out of ten people aren't actually judging you there's only that one person out of a thousand people in a comment section who is judging someone and being really harsh but the other 999 people are actually just feeling sorry for you or just wanting you to be okay they're not judging you in the way that we think that they are and I think that really gets live when our babies are crying or showing any normal childlike emotions in public yeah I love I 100% that 100% that I'm gonna say something from that and it's totally gone no that's so annoying I hate it my brain my (laughs) mouth goes quicker than my brain I was going to say something very insightful there on crying outside but it's gone um what I would say about the crying out I know what I was going to say come back to me Sophie (laughs) I love that because you are right it's it's very rare people are actually judging us. And I actually feel that we judge ourselves more harshly than other people. Everybody else is just too preoccupied with what others are thinking of them or getting on with their business and their day. They're actually not judging or concerned about us at all. But actually the judgment we place on ourselves is often a lot more than strangers. Yeah, totally. Like, even if you did something, like, like I've worked a lot of people with social anxiety over the past. And it's like, even if you fell over and you, I don't know, your pants fell down as you were falling over or something, you know, the worst thing that could happen in a public situation. But like other people would barely remember it by the end of the week. Like it's like even in those worst possible times, people don't care. Like and it's like for just these minor things that we get so caught up on in our heads, like no one cares. No, no one cares. I'm laughing because I actually did this, Sophie. Outside, outside, outside our block of flats, we've got like a pizza place with like tables outside. And I was obviously in a rush trying to get somewhere. This was pre-kids, pre-baby. And I was getting somewhere and I just tripped and caught my trousers, fell down and like literally flashed my knickers to everybody. <laughs> well, it's the perfect example. I didn't know that that exact example had happened to you, but there you go. Now, I'm sure they won't remember. Yeah, no, I still do. I'd love it if they did die now on that story for ages. Also, we'll just you mentioned something before about asking for help. Asking for help. Do others find it hard? Like I personally find asking for help 
really, really difficult. And I would never call another mother this, but I can be a little bit martyrish about it. Like I can do it all by myself. I don't need anybody else. My baby needs me. I'm the only one that can do it this way. And I find it incredibly hard. Is this common to feel like this? And is there anything we can do to help asking for help? Yeah, it is so common. We're all we all find it so so difficult and we feel so guilty to ask for help like we should be able to manage what's wrong with me why I can't manage I was really guilty for this like I was uh I gave birth to my daughter in the pandemic so it was just me and her for such a long time and I just couldn't ask for help even though I was drowning like I my mental health was in pieces like I was barely like showering or brushing my teeth like yeah I still couldn't ask for help and then I think there's something of like I don't know it's in motherhood it's I sometimes describe it as like we wear our exhaustion like a badge of honor like we have to be that exhausted but actually we don't and there was a really simple moment which really changed my perspective on this and I'm gonna I'll tell her this in a message but I was speaking to Tanuki or who a speaking event and she just said very casually oh I'm all about the soft life like yeah my kids will go to their um parents and go to her mum's like when they can and it was just like oh like she sounded so confident and cool about it and I was like oh yeah I could be about the soft life too oh yeah I could ask for help too I want that and that has been personally one of the biggest shifts in my motherhood journey of like getting you know getting help I still don't live with any family nearby it's not like I've got help there every day by any stretch but when it is available like yeah having someone to take my daughter out or do something and now I've really leaned into this phase of motherhood where I feel like I'm getting the best of both worlds like I'm really enjoying my work and having my own time a bit of time to look after myself and socialize and sometimes but then also looking after my baby and we do spend less time together through the very nature of her being nearly free than when she was a newborn, Mm -hmm. but it feels so good. Like I really enjoy my time with her. Whereas before I was just, you know, on that just never ending cycle. So that's just my. Yeah. Yeah. I love that soft life. Just taking the soft life. Soft life, babes. Soft life. Yeah. I'm totally, I love, love that. Totally taking that in. And can we please just acknowledge that how, hard it is to brush your teeth as a new mum yeah like it can feel exhausting just I would go days without brushing my teeth sometimes because it would yeah. just feel too exhausting I just didn't have the time for 30 seconds to brush my teeth yeah I'm so pleased you said that because actually at the moment I when I went through a phase of barely brushing my teeth and it was a bit depression bit new mum bit pandemic and my teeth, I think, have suffered from it. They And I'm in a real phase of trying to get my teeth back to a good place. But it's, yeah, like, we don't talk about that. And it's almost that sense of shame of, like, oh, I can't even brush my teeth. And it's like, yeah. well, it's your struggle. Like, um, we all have our struggles with that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I'm here for that chat. I think I did a post about it, talking about, can we just talk about how hard it is just to brush your teeth? after an exhausting night and it, it shouldn't be it's such a simple task of you get your toothbrush you're in it under the water you put your toothpaste on you brush your teeth a minute 30 seconds to a minute it shouldn't be that difficult but as a new mum 
oh my goodness, so hard to just find the time and the energy to brush your teeth. And it makes such a difference when you do brush your teeth. Yeah, absolutely. And just so this is something, and again, this is with the perspective of my daughter being that bit older, but what has allowed a real shift in my own mental health is this newfound prioritizing myself above most things so I talk about this on my Instagram sometimes but like if I I really want to go for a run or do 20 minute YouTube workout let's say or put a face mask on or make myself a smoothie for breakfast I don't know whatever something good it doesn't always have to be exercise but before I would leave it until I'd sorted the house I'd sorted my daughter I'd done some work happening I'd do all the other stuff first and I'd never get around to the bit where I was looking after myself mm-hmm. and therefore I just was totally burnt out all the time whereas now I make that a priority like I leave my house in a complete state so that I can do my exercise because I know I'll find the energy to sort my house out even when I'm exhausted but I won't find the uh, energy to exercise or to even do a face mask or do you know what I mean yeah. just so that send a message to our brains that we're important too and yeah it is so important, these acts of self-care. Really put it. And I just want to mention that actually brushing your teeth, showering, going to the toilet aren't actually acts of self-care. I don't think they are self-care. That is just basic things we need to do to keep ourselves healthy every day. Um, I don't know what, do you agree with that? I found it really difficult when people would say, you know, having a shower or having wash. To me, that's a basic human need for everybody. But people were touting around having a, a shower and brushing your teeth as, you know, the ultimate act of self-care. Yeah, I think it is basic stuff, but it becomes so hard. Like it, it's like it becomes like it's active self-care when at other times of our lives that isn't. And so just if you are struggling with that right now, just know that that is very normal. But also just how can you just try to prioritize yourself or just put yourself you know not is it first but yeah put yourself as a priority that you are as important as everyone else in your household and just what you know like is there anything you can do to just try and send those messages to your brain that you're important and worthy and all of those things yeah same I did get the hang of in the end I did feel like we were talking about brushing my teeth a lot but I did cotton on that actually cleaning my teeth every day did take a minute and it did make me feel better so I did prioritize and it prioritize it and I love how you talk about prioritizing yourself because this for me was the the hardest thing about motherhood one of them there's lots of hard things one of them but it makes such a difference to everything in that in order to look after your baby you need to look after yourself your needs matter too and in the beginning I would quite often be sat on the sofa in the nude freezing busting for the toilet hungry because I was like my baby needs me and they do they do need you they can't they need you for survival but they also need you um, you need to look after yourself for survival as well does that make sense um and and I found that I was apologizing as well in the beginning for my needs oh my husband Matt oh can you I'm really sorry I just need to go to the toilet or I'm really sorry I just need to go and make a sandwich but I never noticed he never did that he'd be like right I'm just going to the toilet I'm just going off for a poo I'm going to be half an hour he would just do it so actually in the end I stopped apologizing for my needs and the hardest the best and hardest lesson I learned was exactly as you say prioritizing yourself I love that still haven't got to the point where I can leave my house 
or my desk or work I'm still somebody that has to have everything else done before Mm. I can look at myself but I'm definitely working on it and yeah for anybody listening if you need a sandwich you need to go to the toilet go (laughs) make yourself that sandwich and go to the toilet because a I think it can help as you say give that message to your brain that you matter you are important too but also when our basic needs aren't there it's very hard to stay regulated Mm -hmm. and just to add to that I think what you mentioned about the dynamic between you and your partner we often get caught in a cycle of resentment towards partners it's like how come they can just go and do whatever the hell they want whereas I'm blah blah and you know this is a really complex subject of the mental load of being a mum and there are such huge inequalities in our society etc however learning to prioritize yourself and learning to actually there are times when you can just go and do something it won't you know that's not ignoring the inequalities that exist but that is really important too to actually decrease some of that resentment that often arises in early motherhood yeah I can totally resonate with the resentment the husband hate was real in our house for sure Mm -hmm. I remember once he sent me a message he'd been out running and he sent me a message saying I'm just nipping to the supermarket to get some stuff and I lost it because I just it wasn't that I wanted to go to the supermarket because trust me I really didn't it was just the fact that he could just think okay I'm just going to nip somewhere there was no nipping anywhere for me if I wanted to nip somewhere it would require you know military operation to to organize making sure he was home or have getting somehow in order to nip anywhere and it's really hard so um that is so refreshing and nice to hear that that resentment is common yeah it's really common and I think a lot of us get caught up in trying to make our partners understand what it's like for us and whether it's pregnancy and what it feels like to be pregnant or the birth or you know what it feels like after and whilst we don't don't need to let our partners off the hook completely but there is something of like they'll never actually understand what you're going through they'll never understand the hormonal experience of being pregnant let's say and if we can try to focus on what we need from them rather than this like constant cycle of like you don't understand and you know it it's part of trying to manage yeah wow I definitely needed to hear that because I'm constantly trying to get him to understand (laughs) how much I do and what I'm doing yeah and I think it's natural isn't it because it feels so goddamn unfair but it's also with that understanding that often it's not possible for them to fully understand yeah does seem unfair because it's it's that wild thing of I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but with my baby but at the same time I want to be off nipping somewhere and what I found really difficult was that when he went back to work his time was always his at work like he had eight hours at work that he I know he was working but he could do what the heck he wanted to do he could just go for a haircut and quite often he would say to me well you could just go for a haircut I'm like are you kidding me are you actually joking like how am I gonna find that not that you can't find the time but orchestrate that on just on a whim you can't so being having all that time your time not your own as a mum that's something I've really struggled with Uh, and I suspect quite a lot of people do lots of mums do yeah and that is one of the big evolutions which you go through um through motherhood 
of your time is your own to suddenly it's not your own like and of course that that adjustment in itself takes so much um adjusting and it does feel easier it does get better but it's like inevitable that you're going to have those real rocky moments in that first year or so yeah I agree well something you mentioned before about the badge of honor and how we wear like a badge of honor yeah do you can we explore this a little bit more what was it you said about it again just so I'm not blaming mums for this I'm definitely in this category but we we tend to wear our exhaustion like a badge of honor we almost feel like we need to be exhausted otherwise we're not doing it right we need yeah. to be on the edge of burnout all the time otherwise we're not being a good mum and there's a real you don't need to be burnt out and you know you, you, if there's a choice for an easier option you are allowed to take it yeah I think that's I've never heard it being put like how you phrased it there and it's so true and like I definitely see that a lot wearing like, our exhaustion like a badge of honor I wonder if that comes from that thought that we have to do everything yeah I think it does like it's like it, there's there's so much it is like, our, like what's passed down from our parents generations yeah. like this idea of I should be able to cope there's still like part usually some people have an awareness that other people raise babies in communities and have lots of support but when it comes to our own parenting we feel like we should be able to manage like and you compare yourself to all of these people who maybe have like 10 kids and you've only got one or yeah one. And it's like our brains work with this negative bias, whereas like, of course, you need some help. And of course, it's okay to take some help. Yeah. Um, And, you know, working from situations like mine, where I had like no family around, no friends in COVID, like no friends around. But like, I work with sometimes people who can afford to have like a nanny or some support or something, and they feel so guilty for that. And yeah. like, oh, I shouldn't have any problems. I shouldn't need to do this. And I'm like, if you've got the money, like, bloody do it. Sorry for yeah. sorry. But it's like, we're allowed to have help because in other societies, in generations in the past, you'd have had that support naturally. So just any way that you can create that sense of community, then do it. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm wondering, it's, I find it really difficult to kind of put my uh, my thoughts onto it, but I think it's because... And I don't know if this is just generally speaking or either I'm it's I'm thinking about it on a personal level is that we it's exactly what you said that we should be able to cope and that it's somehow selfish. We're not do, we're doing it if we're not tired enough, we're not doing it right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I why can't I manage just looking after my baby for the day? What's wrong with it? It's not that hard. It's like this self this critical voice that comes up. Whereas yeah. like even if you can manage looking after your baby like it's okay to take you know like if someone wants if if you're ready to obviously it's different because you may not be ready to when they're really young that's totally fine too but like someone else you can you know if someone wants to take them for a couple of hours and you feel comfortable with that like that's okay too yeah no I love that soft life yeah soft life (laughs) soft life I'm gonna keep doing I'm gonna keep that I love that taking that with me Oh, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you, Sophie. There's so much that I did feel like at times it felt like a bit of a personal therapy session, but I'm really hoping people love it when you share stories because I think they can see when we share our stories, 
it helps they can see themselves it resonates with them basically and I think it's so helpful I'm really into sharing stories and as you said looking at the 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 shiny bits but also the shiz bits as well that goes along with motherhood because it it is it is a balance before we wrap up is there any other tips that you would like to share to new mums or mums in the first year I would just say I can't give individual tips because there's too many so I just give a (laughs) overstatement of just say it is really normal to struggle like it's just such a normal experience and there's nothing wrong with you when you see other people's best bits on their Instagram page or a baby class and you're talking to someone just know that that's always their best bits we always show our best you know those bits are true too but they will also be having their own set of difficult experiences there's nothing wrong with you for finding it hard and also it's just totally normal to need to find new ways to regulate our emotions to like practice new emotional skills that we've not had before and that is all part of the learning of motherhood and that it gets easier as well like it does get easier as time goes on and that is coming from someone who went through like really serious depression and now feels a lot happier and a lot of my clients too I'm so happy to hear that Sophie it's lovely like where can people find you if they are loving what they're hearing how can they find more support from you or getting their hands on your wisdom okay so a great place to start is my instagram page which is just looking after mum and there's loads of free like so you can go from there and there's loads of free resources on there i post daily on there and then free different downloads that you can get and stuff like that and then we've got my website looking after mum and you can find details of all the free stuff from there but also details of my one-to-one therapy sessions, um, which are the kind of backbone of my business. And I help mums all the time, like feel better from whatever they're feeling. Um, And then just to end on my, so as well as my one-to-one sessions, I've created a monthly membership and it's called Empowered Mum Club. And I've designed this to create, a space for new mums to feel better it's loads of like emotional regulation these emotional skills that we need as mums that we're just not taught they're all included in there with different video training workbooks I have different guests about all about different stuff of like helping you to feel better whether it's hormone regulation like using style to like help your mood whatever it is and it's only seven pounds a month I've made that really as affordable as possible because I want it to benefit as many new mums as possible amazing i'm definitely going to be checking that out sophie thank you so so much for coming today sophie and sharing your wisdom with us i really hope you'll come back soon i would love to come back i'm right there amazing thank you sophie bye bye thank you thank you so much for listening to me your host kerry secker on the carry out sleep show i really hope you found this podcast episode reassuring informative but most importantly it helps you and your small to a more settled night's sleep the caring way If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, leave me some feedback or share it with a parent pal. I love hearing that you love listening. My next podcast episode will be available in two weeks time. But if you really can't wait that long, please come and find me over on Instagram at Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak about sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity. Until next time.